episode 120. Late Night Internet Marketing. This week on the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast, it's the last episode of 2016. Unbelievable. We're going to talk about some tricky terms and conditions at MailChimp, and I'm going to give you that much-promised niche site update. All this and more on the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. The Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. You've been working for somebody else, but you want a business to run yourself. You want to know how to start where to begin can you get out your comfort zone my friend yes you can do it right when it's late at night at the end of the day your dreams burning inside so keep it up and you will find that you're building your business one night at a time and now Broadcasting late at night from a little studio in the big state of Texas, your host, Mark Mason. All right, all right, all right. I hope you are finishing your year incredibly strong. I hope you had a fantastic holiday with your family. And if you're listening to this at the very, very tail end of 2016 when it's getting released, I hope you can look back on 2016 and really appreciate some of the things that you've been able to accomplish. Look, you may be like me. You may not have gotten everything done that you intended to get done or that you wished to get done when you started out 2016. I forgive you. It's absolutely okay. And you need to forgive yourself. And in fact, I want you to do this exercise. If you are listening to this near the end of 2016, or the very beginning of 2017, I want you to figure out what it is, the thing that you did in 2016 that you are most proud of, and I want you to write that down, and I want you to take a moment to congratulate yourself about that thing. It's really, really important that you take the time to celebrate your successes, you know, and as as human being type people, carbon-based life forms that we are, we're so goal-driven, especially us entrepreneurs or people with a side hustle that are trying to just scratch and claw our way to, to advantage. We're, we're worried about that list of things we haven't done yet. And I want you to take the time to identify the thing that you're proud of that happened in 2016. Maybe there's three, but don't worry about that. Pick the Pick one that you like and just say, hey, you know, I did this thing in 2016, and I'm pretty proud of it. That puts you in a very special category as an entrepreneur because most people, the vast majority of people that talk about wanting to do their own thing, start their own business, they don't ever take any action. And so if you took some action, I want you to take the time to celebrate that success. I'm proud of you. I think uh, you did a great job. And if you want to tell me what that was on Twitter or in the comments at latenightim.com forward slash one, two, zero, that's great. I'd love to hear from you. But most importantly, what I want you to do is to talk to yourself about it. Talk to yourself about how it's great that you accomplished something that put you in the very, very top echelons of people who dream about having their own business. 
Congratulations to you. And now, and now, it's time to hear what listeners just like you are thinking. Late night listener feedback. 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 Some very quick listener feedback. I continue to get a lot of chatter on Twitter about what's going on with the late night affiliate course. Here's the fully transparent truth. It's taking me longer than I thought. We've talked about this a little bit. I'm working on it. I'm making progress. I'm really happy and excited about the way that it's turning out, the direction it's headed. I have big dreams about how important this course is going to be for me and my business and quite frankly for you. I mean, the only reason, the only way the course can be important for me is if it helps you because if it's if it's not a great course, it'll never turn into anything great for any of us. So, I'm really excited about the way that it's headed. It's just taking forever. It's you know, my eyes are bigger than my schedule. And that's just the way it rolls. So I'm still shooting for January. That's still what we're looking at for the beta release. And uh, I, I hope that if you're interested in that, you will have signed up by now over at latenightaffiliate.com. There's a little sign up over there, and that will get you on board so that you can have the opportunity to be in the uh, the beta release of this in January. And uh, big plans for this throughout 2017 but it's just taking longer than I thought. And for that, I apologize. But I do appreciate the constant chatter on Twitter and people asking me how it's coming, particularly most recently, Rick Smith. Thanks, Rick. I I really appreciate it. And stay tuned because that's coming to a website near you soon. This week in the world of Internet Marketing News. Okay, so I'm calling this internet marketing news because I think it should be news, and maybe it won't be news to you, but it was news to me. And in fact, I was pretty shocked by it. So I was hanging out in the ConvertKit Facebook group, which is a private Facebook group that ConvertKit has for their clients, their customers, me. And most of you know that I recently switched over to ConvertKit, which you can find my affiliate link at latenightim.com forward slash convert kit. And I give that to you because I recommend that so enthusiastically. I think it's absolutely one of the best services on the internet today. And it's just awesome. And so we were having this discussion and somebody mentioned that affiliate links were illegal in MailChimp. Now, a lot of you know, I moved from AWeber and I've known about MailChimp and MailChimp was a, is a disruptive email service provider for the following reasons. They created one of the, what I like to think of as the four disruptions that have happened in email marketing in the last 15 years. The first one was Infusionsoft. When Infusionsoft came with all these new features and at a very high price point, what I consider to be a very high price point, they had these amazing email funnel services that they brought to marketers who could afford it really was what Infusionsoft was all about. It's hard to use and people still call it Confusionsoft and there's a whole Infusionsoft consulting industry because it's so hard to use, but it's by all, by all claims uh, on, and all reports by people who use it, a great product. And then what I consider to be the second disruption was AWeber. AWeber was, uh, you know, a couple of college kids in a Perl script basically and they were able to create something at a very affordable price point 
and just start, just dominate startup marketers like us, solo entrepreneurs who couldn't afford things like Infusionsoft, needed something simpler and more direct. Um, and so that was sort of the second disruption in email marketing. MailChimp was really the third disruption in email marketing because they offered free email marketing. You could sign up for MailChimp and get an account for free. And until you got over a certain number of subscribers, that was totally cool. You could start your business bootstrap and have zero cost. And this is something that was really important to side hustle entrepreneurs because when you're trying to bootstrap a business, you're trying to do it without spending any money. And you've, you know, you spend your $9.95 on a domain and you've got your $4 hosting. The last thing you want to do is go crank up 30 bucks or 50 bucks a month for an Aweber account or whatever it costs. So a lot of people liked MailChimp. Well, it turns out that MailChimp has this kind of crazy affiliate marketing clause in their terms and service. And to be honest with you, I haven't heard affiliate marketers complaining that they got their MailChimp accounts shut down for doing affiliate marketing, but they have this crazy thing in their terms of service that talks about how affiliate marketing is against their terms of service and even just simply the use of affiliate links might cause your emails to be stopped. And so... um it's here's what they say, and I'll put the link in the show notes, and I'm quoting them here. Affiliate marketers are typically rewarded by a third party for recruiting customers. This is true. The reason we don't permit this activity is that there's no real obligation to care about subscriber satisfaction or to maintain a healthy e-commerce relationship with them. MailChimp isn't meant for this type of marketing. And then they go on to talk about affiliate links. Affiliate links encourage subscribers to click through to a third-party product or service and are used by a wide variety of marketers and e-commerce businesses, often in the context of partnerships. For example, if you're a blogger, you might link to or promote the website of one of your sponsors. These, use, these types of links are fine to use in MailChimp as long as you... As long as the URLs you link to haven't been blacklisted. Here's, and then they have this section. Here's how we treat affiliate links. MailChimp doesn't always stop campaigns that contain affiliate links, but we do stop campaigns that contain blacklisted URLs, blah, 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 blah. So this whole uh, article here is kind of affiliate marketing hostile. I, there, I think there are, definition of affiliate marketing is incredibly vague. And to be honest with you, I can't tell what they mean when they say MailChimp is not meant for this type of marketing, i.e. affiliate marketing. But if I were a, a an entrepreneur, a blogger who was planning on monetizing my blog, knowing full good and well that I was not likely to have my very own products for a long time, knowing that I was going to be promoting people's affiliate programs and affiliate products of various types, and also knowing how flaky these spam lists are about what links get onto spam lists and what don't and what servers are on and off and 
that's just a constant battle that even MailChimp is fighting to keep their own link tracking servers off of spam lists. I, I would stay 157,000 miles away from MailChimp if you ever have any thinking that you might do any kind of affiliate marketing. I mean, I was just completely shocked by this. Now, of course, if, if you want to convert to ConvertKit, I highly recommend that. You know how to reach them through my affiliate link. And if you have questions about how to do that conversion, um, ConvertKit uh, is incredibly helpful with their uh, conversion and onboarding services. They can help you move over quite easily. But I tell you, um, I would definitely have a plan to get the heck off of MailChimp if I was even considering any kind of affiliate marketing. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are because we talk about affiliate marketing here all the time. And I cannot imagine having a blog in this day and age without doing some affiliate marketing. I mean, I, why would you not do affiliate marketing and promote products that can help your readers or listeners or viewers or whatever it is that you have? Um, it just makes absolutely no sense to me. So I'll put the link in this. You can check this out, read it. It's very long. You can ask MailChimp what they mean. I'd be very interested to hear what you find out. But my recommendation to you is stay the heck away from MailChimp. Whether you say niche or niche, it's time for an update on the late night niche site. Okay, and now the much promised niche site update where we have uh, gotten a website URL. We have set up a Facebook fan page and there's nothing on it. There's nothing at the URL. There's a countdown timer to the first of the year. And I am in the process of creating my first round of content. So I wanted to give you an update on that. You'll recall that this affiliate website is about youth baseball because that's something that I'm interested in. And we picked the site because not only am I interested in it, but it meets certain commercial tests that we talked about. There are lots of things to talk about in this area. There are a lot of people searching for information about youth baseball. The one way to think about that is there's a lot of ways that you can help people in the youth baseball niche. And there are lots of things you can sell in addition to physical products that make a lot of sense, like baseball bats, which can cost as much as $400, baseball gloves, which can cost as much as $200, and a host of training equipment that you, people need to buy, including buckets of baseballs, which cost around $100. There are other things that you can sell in this niche, like training programs, how to pitch videos, and stuff like that. So there's a lot of cool stuff. And you could imagine... Becoming an authority on youth baseball, targeting youth baseball parents and youth baseball coaches about how to run effective practices and how to help your kid be a better youth baseball player. So it meets that kind of common sense test that we've talked about for your first niche website. So then the next question is, well, once we build this website, what do we what do we put on it? And so my plan, my content plan, just for the purpose of this demonstration, is really simple. And it's going to have initially something on the order of 20 to 25 pages of content 
initially when I first launched the site. Now, the first thing it's going to do is it's going to have a homepage. And that homepage is going to be something attractive. I'm going to use the Divi theme from Elegant Themes, which I've talked about a lot. You can find over at latenightim.com forward slash Divi. And when I have that up and running, I'm going to have standard boilerplate that I always put on every website. And the reason that we put these boilerplate pages on websites is because there's some evidence that the Google algorithm, the Panda algorithm, is actually looking for these sorts of pages. They're looking for a privacy policy as specified in the Google Webmaster Guidelines they're looking for a contact page, an about page. You, If you're going to promote affiliate products on that website or any kind of product, really, you probably need a disclaimer page, letting people know that there's a financial relationship between you and the people that you are targeting. And for my website, particularly since it has anything at all to do with kids, since it's reasonable to suspect that a, a kid under the age of 13 might want to be on my website. I'll add some language that has to deal with the laws around children. So there'll be five or six pages that I'll add to my website. And these are legal pages that are probably important for your legal protection. And if you want to understand that better, you might consider uh, getting some legal advice because as you all know, I'm not an attorney and I don't play one on TV but I do know that you want to do things that make common sense when you're dealing, when you're creating new websites and putting these privacy policies and things like that in place is common sense. As an aside, I will tell you that these laws are constantly changing. There are things about this that are very tricky. For example, here's one of the, one of the common mistakes I see people make when they're talking about their privacy policy with regard to emails, they say, we will absolutely never sell your email. And what they mean is, while we own the website, we'll never sell your email to somebody else to use for some other purpose. But what that says is, you will never sell the email, including someday in the far, far future, when you decide to sell the site for a million dollars, you can't sell their email because you told them you wouldn't. So that's a trap that people have fallen into before. There are lots of legal tricks and traps, and, and in the future we need to have some episode on the legal stuff around websites. But for now, those are sort of the five pages of boilerplate that I will include. And then in addition to that, um, I'm going to, I have commissioned and ordered, and they are complete, five pages just in general about youth baseball, just general information pages. I hired a writer. I said, just write about whatever you want about youth baseball, something that would be helpful to parents. Because after all, the website does need to be helpful. And I personally believe that it is very good to balance these affiliate websites with helpful content. It helps Google when they're trying to decide whether or not your website is a website with thin content having something other than product review after product review helps them realize that, yep, this is a real authority site, someone who's really trying to contribute to the space. And so I always like the idea of having general articles about the topic. Now you should pick those articles according to what people are searching for. But to be honest with you, I haven't had a lot of time to really work on this site. So I just told the writer, Hey, 
write these five articles. And if you do a good job, there'll be more work for you later. And then I, I plan to start the site with 10 product reviews. So that will be probably 10 reviews split up into baseball glove reviews and baseball bat reviews. And then I'm probably going to add some more articles around that about how to pick a glove and how to pick a bat. Because one of the problems that parents have is what's the right size glove for my son or daughter when they're seven years old? And do I really need to spend $95 on a glove when a $35 glove will do if we're just starting out? And what about what's the difference between a composite bat and an aluminum bat and a wooden bat and so forth? And so there are lots of helpful things that you can put in there that lead to the sale of bats that I'll build around that. So all that content will be on the order of 25 pages to start. So that's the content plan. The current status is that I'm in progress creating the boilerplate pages, which are relatively easy to create. And the five articles about youth baseball are complete and they should be on the website in early January. I'll make an announcement on the podcast when that's up and running. And then the 10 product reviews, I've identified the 10 products. I've ordered the product reviews from a writer. And that's another thing that we'll talk about in some detail later on is how to outsource writing content. And so those will be in sometime in late January. So that will be up in February. So that is an update on the niche site. So if you're one of these people like me who is building niche sites and you're kind of in analysis paralysis, not exactly sure what to do next because you can't decide exactly what to write about and you're worried, you're bogged down in keyword research Look, common sense goes a long way here at first. I mean, when you're really first just trying to build a site that has some authority, create content that you think people want to read. That's really simple. And yeah, you can do some keyword research to figure out exactly what they're searching for and optimize for all that and blah, 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 blah. But you can also do that later. Remember, we're creating a blog that where we can edit the content. In fact, there's some evidence that Google even likes it when we update the content and update our articles. So don't worry about putting something out there that's not exactly perfectly optimized for commercial purposes. Put stuff out there that people want to read, and uh, I think that will serve you well. Bust through the analysis paralysis, and maybe you can make that one of your goals in 2017 is just do do stuff. Make take bold action, make mistakes quickly. That's how we learn. We make mistakes quickly. We learn, we do better the next time. I highly recommend that. Um, so push forward and whatever excuses or limiting beliefs that are in your way, just push those aside and take some action. In my case, I just told the writer, go ahead and write five good articles because having five good articles on a website, no matter how you slice it is a good thing. So that's the update on the late night niche site. I'll be giving you some clue when that thing is up and running and you can take a look and see kind of what it looks like sometime in January. Okay, that absolutely does it for the final episode of the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast for 2016. I have something super special for you next week. The first episode of 2017 will feature my friend Ray Edwards he made amazing progress in 2016 with his goals that he set at this time last year in 2015. So for the past year, he's been slogging away and really 
This is a process that has lasted him over two years. He's been slogging away at these amazing goals, and I'm talking about seven-figure income goals and uh, 50 pounds of weight loss and all of these crazy goals that he was able to achieve. Um, Now, he's not done achieving goals. He's got another crazy set for 2017, but I brought him on the show because as as an entrepreneur like us, Ray, who's incredibly successful, was able to break through to a whole nother level using techniques and strategies that you and I can use. And so I want to share that with you next week, and I hope you'll join me on the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast next week. Until then, ciao. You can do it right when it's late at night. You've been listening to the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. Be sure to visit latenightpodcast.com today to leave feedback for Mark. Download special bonus content, access the show notes, and more. See you there. Until then, then, go and make some great progress on your internet business. One night at a time. One night at a time. All right. All right. So um, I'm obviously recording this a few weeks before the end of the year, but um, just letting you know that uh, I am planning on chilling out over the holidays and I hope you get the opportunity to do the same. Of course, I'll be working on the late night affiliate course as much as possible. I'll be recording my interview with Ray Edwards, which is not recorded yet and doing some other stuff. But in general, I'm taking some time off from my day job. I'm taking some time off from late night internet marketing and I'm spending some time with my family. I I hope that you get an opportunity to spend time with whoever is important to you in your life here at the end of the year. And uh, I wish you peace and happiness and greatness in 2017. I will talk to you on the other side. Ciao. Hey, it's Mark again. I wanted to tell you one more time about this absolutely free resource that I have for helping people who are trying to get the big picture for internet marketing actually get started and understand what all their choices are. If that's not you, there's no more content. You can skip to the end. But if you're someone who came to this podcast because you're searching for how to get started online and you just can't cut through all the noise, I get it. That was me in 2007, when I was trying to get started, there were so many people throwing offers at me that I really couldn't even understand what all the different business models were. I couldn't understand how money moved around on the internet. And I couldn't really get a grip on what direction I wanted to go in so I could figure out how to move forward. I've created a free video resource for you just for that purpose at latenightim.com forward slash explain. In several short videos, I just explained to you what internet marketing is all about and what online business is all about and the different options that you have for starting an online business. There's nothing to buy there. You just sign up for access and you get the videos just like that. So if that's interesting to you or if you know someone who's in the same situation, send them that link, latenightim.com forward slash explain. And let me know what you think. I'd love to hear what people 
are thinking that are in the exact same position that I was in more than a decade ago in 2007. In some ways, it seems like yesterday. And in some ways, it seems like an entire lifetime ago. Again, that's latenightim.com forward slash explain. Late night internet 